All right, if you guys will pray with me the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to be in Matthew 6, 14 through 15 today. But pray with me first. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. So today we are in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. It says this, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So when we pray, this is at the conclusion of the Lord's Prayer. And so Jesus has been teaching us how to pray. And so when we pray, we are offering ourselves up. We're giving up of ourselves. We are actually, as we pray this prayer, we're laying down our rights to be right. We're laying down our rights to, um, to take up our own mantle and our own defense. And we are being emptied of ourselves so that the Holy Spirit can fill us up with what God wants to fill us up with. So prayer is, you know, it's simply put, it's speaking, but it is also listening. So we've heard those before, right? But it's also yielding. And so it's not my will, but yours be done, Lord. That's what we want. So today we're actually in what I consider a fairly difficult text because we get into if. If. So um, if you forgive, you will be forgiven. If you don't forgive, then you won't be forgiven. And this seems like a bit of a contradiction to what Paul said, we are saved by grace through faith. Grace is an unmerited favor, right? It doesn't have a lot of ifs. It just is like, here's grace. It's undeserved. It's unmerited. And it appears that forgiveness, which is part of grace, is dependent, at least by these words of Jesus, on our actions, and Jesus, though, is doing this thing where he is tying the act of forgiveness to prayer. He's putting it on. If we pray, then forgiveness is something that we're going to do. So in prayer, as we yield to what God wants in our life, we are, in essence, making a commitment to follow the ways that Jesus, our good and right king, lays out for us. To follow Jesus as king Forgiveness is one way that Jesus rules and reigns. It is one way. So I love this quote from R.T. France. He's a commentator that I've been using through Matthew. And it's, he says, The disciple community should function properly as a group whose values have been transformed by their acceptance of God's kingship in their life together. And as we yield to Christ as our king, we are learning to forgive. Here, we are hearing Jesus say to us, if you forgive, this is the way, this is the kingdom way. This is my way. Forgiveness is my way. This is the way that the citizens of King Jesus' kingdom act. And if we're going to follow Jesus as our king and as our Father in heaven would have for us, then we get to, which is a word I like to, but it's not we get to. No, we have to forgive as Jesus forgives. This is a mandate that Jesus is giving us to forgive others so that we can also receive the forgiveness. As followers of Jesus, 
we are to be filled up with forgiveness. We're to be filled up with forgiveness to the point where it overflows towards others. And we get to recognize all that we get to be forgiven for. So to know that even our, uh, as good a people as we are, we still have, maybe we should do a show of hands, sinful thoughts or motives, any of us, right? Some of us, let alone some of our deeds, right, that aren't, aren't good. So not so much, um, not always, uh, not always, but from time to time, probably more often than we realize, because we are blind to so much of our own sin, that we have this brokenness about us. And if we give way to think about it, not in the way that Satan would remind us of all that we do wrong, but if we give way to think about like all that we are forgiven of, we are forgiven for so much, both big and small. Amen? Not just one time, but over and over and over again. So this is... Uh, this may or may not have happened on the freeway today, but for middle fingers on the freeway, God forgives us. We need forgiveness for those things. The smug looks that we give to people around us when we, they do something that we don't like, the things that are going on in our heart when that happens, or like for the words that we say, so sometimes not so kind, right? But also the words of kindness that we hold back on a daily basis. If we start collecting all these things, what about the lustful thoughts that we have or times when we put our needs above others and we call it self-care, but we know we're just being selfish? We do need self-care, by the way. Jesus took it too, but, but sometimes we, we call something, we try and justify our own sins. There is so much that we need forgiven, forgiveness for, amen? amen? It isn't just the big sins that we need to be forgiven for, like pride, murder, greed, or something like that. In forgiveness, when we come to it, there are no big and small sins. There's just sin. I don't want us to be, feel bad in mentioning our sin and, and knowing that we have it, because that's not the point of it. I truly believe that a bit of meditation on our sin uh, is a good reminder of how much forgiveness we require from Jesus. It's because we require a lot. It is a lot of forgiveness as we think about it. It's a daily need for his grace and for his forgiveness. And as we meditate on our, our sin, we are also reminded of the forgiveness that Jesus gives to us on a daily basis. So I don't want to be one of these that we're just constantly beating ourselves up. That's not what is being suggested here. But what is being suggested is that we know that we need forgiveness. And if we don't think that we need forgiveness, we are reading Hannah Coulter, because that's the first book I wanted to be in our new house yesterday. And Hannah Coulter's dad, in the beginning of the book, uh, goes down the altar at an altar call, and she goes, I don't know what he needed forgiveness for. And I was thinking, well, that's kind of a wrong view on forgiveness. I could probably, if I knew the guy, I could probably point out a whole bunch of things that he might need it for. But like, we have so much that we need to be forgiven for. And as we are reminded... I, I, it is my prayer, and I believe this is kind of what Jesus is teaching. We are filled up to overflowing with forgiveness. We are knowing that we are broken and that Jesus is our only fix, and this is a good thing. We get to be filled up with Jesus' love and his forgiveness for us. And as we are filled up with forgiveness and knowing the need of it, it's very difficult to be self-righteous, isn't it? To go, oh man, like, yeah, but these, all these other people. 
that it, it's difficult to be filled up with our own goodness because we recognize that God's grace and forgiveness is what fills us up. We empty ourselves before Jesus in prayer and we are filled up by the power of the Holy Spirit to overflowing in one of those acts that we get to act like Jesus is forgiving others and forgiving ourselves as we have been forgiven. Amen? This is something that we get to do. It is often, not, not all the time, right? Because some of, some of us may struggle with like self-loathing or stuff like that. It's, but it is often easier to see the sins in others than it is to see it in ourselves. Right? Anybody? That's sometimes a category that I fall into. We are, though, as we are filled up with forgiveness, even if we can see other people's faulty ways, we can forgive them because we understand that we have faulty ways too. That we have faulty ways too. Many of us have heard the saying that we are all equal at the foot of the cross, right? It's a true, it's a true statement because in this place at the foot of the cross, we are able to see the extent that Jesus is willing to go to forgive us. And this, this us includes you and it includes me. Jesus' way is the way of forgiveness. As we walk what Jesus has for us, this is what he has for us. So this is the, one of the ways that we follow Jesus. And Jesus was serious about this way. Jesus did what to the self-righteous? Those who didn't believe that they were needed forgiveness. He rebuked them time and time again. But what did he do to the people that were broken? He healed them. He healed them. Those who presented themselves as broken were made whole by Jesus. But those who presented themselves as whole without him, he rebuked and called blind even though they actually had sight. He called them broods of vipers. He didn't have kind words for these people because they thought, oh, we don't need righteousness from God. We got this. We can follow all the rules. And and in this, Jesus wants us to be made whole by him. He wants the same thing for us, that being forgiveness. But we have to know that we need it to receive it. This This is a prerequisite. If we don't think that we need it, it's really hard to receive it. Jesus lived out the forgiveness that he is talking about. He left us examples for forgiveness all throughout the gospel accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and beyond. He left for us examples of those who received forgiveness and went and sinned no more. And then he also left us examples in these stories of those who were too proud to receive it who were sad and they walked away, those who were above the need for forgiveness and following Jesus. And here, Jesus referred to us as his followers as sheep. And as sheep, we need Jesus to rescue us. Amen? And we're not a brood of vipers who have all things figured out as we follow Jesus. Um, Jesus lived this out to the point of death on a cross. He did. It's kind of crazy. Even from the cross, he said, "For God, Father, Forgive them for they know not what they do. Right? This is while Jesus, they were mocking Jesus. They were treating him really poorly. They had just beaten him. They hung him on the cross. He was most likely naked and put to open shame on the cross for you and for me. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How many of us have a hard time forgiving when something like not even close to that happens? Jesus showed us the extent of, in the midst of great humiliation, Jesus 
leaves for us as the way forgiveness. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. And to prove it, he dies for our sins, giving us the ability to be forgiven. He leaves us the Holy Spirit, giving us the ability to recognize that we need to see this. And he gives us the ability to be filled up with forgiveness so that we might be able to pour it out. Then, after Jesus died on the cross, he's laid in a tomb and there's silence. And then he comes forth from the grave in the resurrection power that the kingdom of God has. The kingdom of God power that empowered Jesus to rise from the dead. The power that leaves behind or, or that he leaves behind in the person and work of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. So when we meditate on our sins, we can see that we need to be forgiven. But we are also reflecting because we live this side of the cross. We live on this side of the resurrection and we believe that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. And when we meditate on our need for forgiveness, we are also reflecting on the power of God to save, and that is resurrection power for you and me to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If someone can raise from the dead and do that miracle, do you think that your sins are too much to forgive? No. There's no divide that can't be crossed to forgive us. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God And now we get to walk in this same power for forgiveness, this resurrection power that Jesus gives to us. Jesus paid it all for us, all that we owe, all that we need to be forgiven for in the past and all that we need to be forgiven for today and all that we need to be forgiven for in the future. Jesus paid it all. He gives us forgiveness freely and then As we do, as we follow him and we receive this forgiveness, you know what we get to do? Have to do? Give it away. We give it away. Jesus is teaching us that this forgiveness, this free gift that he gives, is not one to be hoarded. It's not just for you. It's actually for you and then to give away to others. We give away freely as he does for us. And this is, I think that this is a difficult test because of the if. Because of the if, if you, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you don't, so that word if is a, it, um, is, is a big deal. It's a big word that honestly we get to wrestle with in scripture. Because there's plenty of ifs in scripture. John 13, 17 says this, if you know these things, Blessed are you if you do them. Not if you know them, but if you practice them, if you walk in these things, that's the if. So if you know these things, you are blessed. If you do them, not just knowledge, but lived out. If you know your forgiveness, you will be able to forgive others. If you don't know forgiveness, you won't be able to forgive. Rather, Rather than opposite, uh, rather than opposing grace as a free gift, Jesus is showing us that believing in forgiveness will show others that we know the way that he is asking us to live. If we are to treat others as we are treated by Jesus, then you know what we'll do? We'll forgive. You know why? Because our king has forgiven us. This is the way of the kingdom of God, and Jesus is our king. And I, I love, I actually love the ifs in scripture because it's so like, 
it's so great for Bible doctrine arguments. Like, well, if, like, let's go, let's go to all these ifs. If you read Romans and look at the ifs, um, and by the way, the word if that is translated in, into English in the New Testament is used 614 times. If, if this word, if these, if, these ifs don't contradict grace and forgiveness, but they serve to show us that what grace lived out and what forgiveness lived out looks like. The proof of our following Jesus is in the way that we live. In yielding to God's work in our lives. Because that's a part of what prayer is. So let us look at one more if, real quickly. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 says this. Now, this is, this is the Apostle Paul. Now I remind you, brothers and sisters, of the gospel that I preached to you which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I declared to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised in the third day in accordance with Scripture. I love this because it shows us the importance of the gospel lived out not just in good times, but in bad times. If we hold fast to the word that is preached, if we hold fast to the good news that Jesus actually does forgive us, if we actually believe, if we actually believe, this message will change our lives for the rest of our lives. If we have received grace and forgiveness, then you know what's going to be flowing out of us towards others? Grace and forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the great acts that we get to display to this world. And I pray that we, as Grace and Mercy Church, will make it clear that we are forgiven. How do we do that? By forgiving others. This is what the Lord's prayer that Jesus taught us, this prayer is teaching us. And I pray that we may listen, that we may obey, and then in that we may be transformed in our prayers to Jesus. I pray that Jesus will let us know our forgiveness and that we may prove it by forgiving others. So Jesus, we thank you for the Lord's prayer. Lord, we ask for forgiveness against those who have trespassed against us. Lord, we ask that you won't lead us into temptation, but you will deliver us from evil. We ask that you who are holy and in heaven, that your kingdom will become, that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, and so we, we also ask that you will just give us our daily bread. Lord, we need your forgiveness today. I pray, Lord, that you will give us the humility to forgive others their trespasses as you have forgiven us. I pray that you will give us the humility to see that we need to have this to overflowing and give it to others, Lord. I pray that as we do reflect on our sin, we don't fall into despair, but we fall into just praise because of how much you've forgiven us for. In Jesus' name, amen.